0: I got my flu shot a couple weeks ago. Uh, I intended to get one last year, but I went went to the pharmacy to get my flu shot and they told me there'd be a wait, that there was a line and I said, ah, I'll come back later and I never did. And then I got the flu and then I got COVID and I think we're all just a little bit more concerned about infections these days. You know, you do everything, you do everything that you can do right everything that you're comfortable with doing you uh you wash your hands you use the hand sanitizer maybe you mask up you keep your social distance and, and then it never fails i was telling someone the other day the other day about a friend of mine i hadn't seen him in a very very long time and someone i, I really just barely knew but i hadn't seen him in a long time i was excited we ran into each other and i'm walking up and i extend my hand to shake his hand and he gives me one of these he does this and then he shakes my hand and i thought this is how I die, right here. You know, this is it. Then they put that on the tombstone because that's how I go. You know, right there is that, and that's it. <sighs> I think we're more, we're more aware, we're more cautious these days. That we know that there are things that we don't want to catch. You know, there's there's viruses out there and things that we don't want to catch. I think I think we're also aware that it's not just viruses that are contagious. I think we're very aware that attitudes can be contagious also. Now, sometimes that's a good thing. If you've been around someone that has contagious laughter or contagious joy, boy, that's a wonderful thing. You want to be around that person. But sometimes, it's other times you encounter someone who is down, someone who is discouraged, and you realize that if you spend enough time around this negative person, it doesn't matter if you mask up, it doesn't matter how much hand sanitizer you use, you're going to catch it. I had a I had a chat with someone, had a visit with someone like that recently. Everything in this person's life was discouraging. And I'm trying to be encouraging. you know. I'm I'm trying to help out. I'm trying to accentuate the positive, as they say. But there was not a silver lining I could find that she couldn't see a big dark rain cloud right there in the middle of it. And to be fair, this person has reason to be discouraged. She's been through a lot of difficult stuff. But at, at some point, she stopped having discouragement and discouragement started having her you understand the difference? Discouragement just wrapped itself around her until there was no escape. When we open our Bibles, I think if there's anybody that should have been discouraged, it's probably the Apostle Paul. And as he writes this letter to the Philippians that we're looking at, and again today if you're using those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 980. As he writes this letter to the Philippians, he lets them know life is not rosy. Things are not going well. For Paul, he, he, he's in prison. Several of his friends seem to have abandoned him. They've forgotten him. They're not visiting him. They're not supporting him. And he's writing to the Philippians because they have supported him. They've sent him a gift. They've, they're supporting him financially and he wants to thank them for that and thank them for their loyalty. But it see, And it seems that no matter what was happening to Paul, he was able to see God at work. He would not get discouraged. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 1 today, verses 12 and on into verse 18. Paul writes, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, they're much more bold to speak the word without fear. And some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the Gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Paul is in prison. He is under guard. His life may soon be over. And in the meantime, there are those on the outside who have forgotten him. They they have just abandoned him. And there are others who are using his absence for their own gain. Paul has every reason to be discouraged, and yet he can only see the positives. Paul knew that discouragement did not have to own him. Discouragement did not have to define him, and it doesn't have to define you either so I want to look at what Paul writes here today I want to show you three three steps three steps that you can take to combat discouragement in your life three lessons that we learn from Paul's example on how to overcome our own discouragement and and the first lesson that we learn from Paul is to turn your attention to the essential give your attention to what is essential in life Discouragement tends to give us tunnel vision. All we see is the struggle. All we see is whatever it is that discourages us. And, and in, in, that, in that tunnel vision, it becomes a pinhole precision in our vision. Our, our problems are magnified and, uh, until they just completely fill our sight. It distorts our vision until all we see are our problems. Sickness, conflict, uh, problems at work, problems in the family, problems in church, problems in the community... It, it soon consumes us. And, and what is edged out? God. His presence and the promise of His blessings. Those get edged out. Now, the Philippians are concerned about Paul. They, they knew of Paul's struggle. And while he appreciates their love and appreciates their support, he has to remind them that the troubles he's facing, those are just distractions. Uh, that's, not, that's not life. That is just distractions and he wants them to keep their attention on the essentials verses 12 and 13 I want you to know brothers that what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ he says I want you to know what's happened to me well stop there for a second Paul what's what's happened to you oh I'm in prison. I've been beaten. I've been arrested. I've been beaten. Uh, I'm I'm awaiting trial. And after trial, I may be executed. (laughs) And he sums all of that up with the words, I want you to know what's happened to me. Almost as if those things just aren't even worth mentioning. For Paul, what was essential was the spread of the gospel. His sufferings, his problems, those were distractions. Now this, this is not some denial or some Pollyanna attitude where you paste on a smile and you say, everything is fine, everything's okay. That's not what Paul is doing here. And later in the letter, he gives us a little bit more detail about the problems that he's facing, the challenges that he has, and how they've changed him. These challenges have changed him. They've changed his perspective. And, and he's even grown through these struggles but when you know what life is about when you know what your essentials are it puts the problems you're facing into perspective and you're able to concentrate on the essentials it may be that you can't think of what what's essential (laughs) it may be that you can't even think about essentials and and you have to ask yourself that question i think if you can't find an essential i think you have to ask your yourself the question, does my life even contain priorities? Do I have priorities in life? Am I focused on something or am I just drifting through life? Is there a driving force to my faith? Are my convictions keeping me moving forward? Does my commitment to Christ, does my understanding of His presence, does that hold me firm? And when troubles hit, do I have, do I have essentials that keep me insulated against discouragement? Turn your attention to the essentials. But realize that depending on where you are in life, what age you are, and what the opportunities around you are, your essentials may not always look the same depending on where you are in life. Like Paul, you may need to rethink. You may need to rethink what it means for you to flourish. You know, we read through the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we find Paul traveling around. He's preaching. He's telling people about Jesus. He's going to new communities. He's starting churches. He's going to existing churches, and he's encouraging them and and telling them about Jesus. That's not the Paul that we encounter in Philippians. By the time we get to this letter, Paul is locked up. He is in jail. He's in prison. Uh, Traveling is out of the question. He's not going anywhere. We call him the Apostle Paul. We use that title, Apostle. Apostle means, the title means, one who is sent. It, it literally means he's a missionary he is sent how can you be sent if you're locked up in prison how can you be sent if you're chained to a to a roman guard you can't leave so how can you be sent you see how that would that would be a little discouraging to someone paul could have easily given up he could have said you know if i can't leave then then i'm not i'm not going to do anything if i can't leave i can't be sent But instead, he chose to focus on the essentials. The the Gospel still was being spread somehow. And so he changed what it meant for him to to flourish. What it meant for him to have a win in life. Again, verses 13 and 14. It has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, They are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul may have been in prison, but his story is inspiring others. You know, one Paul, one Paul is locked up, but several little Pauls have sprung up since then and they're out preaching and they're out teaching and spreading the gospel. Paul saw the blessing in his difficult circumstances because he changed what it meant for him to flourish. Now there's something else, another blessing that Paul couldn't have seen, but you know it, I know it. This is a blessing that he could not have even perceived. You and I, 2,000 years later, we're sitting here in a church, a world away from Philippi, and we're reading the letter to the Philippians. Philippians. We're reading a letter written by the Apostle Paul because Paul was in prison and he couldn't travel and he couldn't speak, so he started writing letters. In your New Testament, there are at least five letters that we call the prison epistles. Letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison. You open your Bible to be... Comforted, you've opened your Bible to be inspired, you open your Bible to get a greater vision of who God is and what His calling on your life is like. You get that because a man in prison wrote some letters. You know Jesus better because Paul was able to change his focus, change what it meant for him to flourish. We all may need to rethink what it means to flourish right now. We might need to rethink what it means to flourish in our world. What does a win look like for a community like ours, for a church like ours, for Christians like us? What does a win look like in 2021? This is a huge one in our world today. And I just have to tell you, I spent Thursday with a group of preachers at the happiest place on earth. We all went to moonshine together. And every one of them is discouraged. Every preacher I talk to right now is discouraged. If you encounter a preacher somewhere, I don't care what smile he's got on his face, I don't care what he tells you about how awesome everything is, that man is discouraged. That woman is discouraged. They are discouraged right now. We were all struggling before COVID hit. We were struggling because our world changed. The, the regard that our society has for churches and Christians—that's changed, and it left us behind. And now things are so much harder. I, I've never seen so many preachers want to give up, as I'm seeing right now. I'm sick and tired of reading articles every week about the rise of clergy suicide. Those articles hit my desk every week. We were all taught in Bible college and seminary what it meant to be a good preacher, what it meant to have a vibrant and alive church in your community. And all of that is gone. Suddenly, the world headed off a cliff and we don't know what it looks like to flourish anymore. We've got to change our view of what it means to flourish. What does a win look like? Moving ahead from here, our our world is going to be very different. And we need to find different ways of measuring our effectiveness as a church. If we don't, all we're going to see is negatives. All we're going to see is, well, there's not as many people as there used to be. All we're going to see is is how things aren't the way they used to be. And our vision will narrow in and we will never see the blessings that God has for this year, for next year, for the future. And like Paul, we need to determine that we are going to see positives even when there are negatives around us. We are going to find the positives. Now, none of this is easy. None of this is easy, but it is so important. So much of what's around us is discouraging. You turn on the news, it's discouraging. You you see the sickness around us, it's discouraging. You listen to the about the economy. You listen to politics. You know, all of these things are discouraging. The weather's nice today, but we had a lot of rain this. It gets discouraging. You know, fall's coming. It's gonna get dark really soon. It's going to require us to rethink what it means to flourish. What does a win look like? God's still moving. Jesus Christ still saves people. Amen? The Gospel still works. We need to keep our eyes on Him. We need to determine that we're going to see the positives even in the face of the negatives. So Paul was in prison. Paul's out of the way. Cause he's locked up in prison so now all of a sudden these other people start preaching about jesus other people start preaching some people they're starting to pre- spread the gospel but apparently some of them were doing it for selfish reasons some of them were doing it because they were saying hey paul look you're locked up in prison but i can go wherever i want look paul you can't leave but i can go over here and i can go to this town and i can go to this town and i can tell everybody about jesus i can tell them oh poor paul he's in prison we don't know what he did but you know he had to have done something or he wouldn't be there and some of them, some of them were doing it for selfish gain. There were people back then who started TV ministries, and they were conning little old ladies out of their money. They, whatever that version, whatever their version of that was, there were people who were doing that back then. That's a huge negative. That should be very discouraging. But listen to what Paul writes in verses 15 through 18. He says, Some indeed are preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the Gospel. The former preach Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So, so what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. People with wrong motives, people with wrong attitudes, and yet Christ was still being preached. Paul sees that as an absolute win. I've known those who've been able to walk through the worst of circumstances. Circumstances that would have discouraged anyone, and yet they're still able to find blessings. I think about our own Paul. I think about Paul Honold, and how often Paul Honold would tell me that while he was there at the cancer center getting treatments, he would encourage other, pa- other patients. How many times he would witness to people and share Christ with people who were there in the cancer center. I remember a lady from our church in Kemp her her high school aged son had hung himself in their garage and she devoted the rest of her life to helping parents who had lost children because of suicide she came to came to my brother's funeral to, to encourage my mom. She travels around. I, I run into her some places and sometimes and she's out there still sharing with people and encouraging people. None of that makes the pain easier, right? It doesn't take the pain of that loss away. But they stopped honing in on those crushing negatives and they found purpose and they found the presence of God even in their pain. And Jesus is glorified. There's one... There's one very little odd detail in this passage that i don't know what to make of it i don't know what exactly is happening here i wonder about it verse 13 again paul says it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for christ it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard some of your bibles may say the the praetorian guard some of your Bibles might say the palace guards. These were the elite forces. These were the, these were the, the upper echelon of, of Roman guards. These were guards who actually would guard Caesar's household at time. They guarded, they guarded the emperor. They guarded his family. And Paul says it's become known among them, among the imperial guards and to the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. If you skip to the end of Philippians, you get to chapter 4, verses 21 and 22, Paul's saying his goodbyes. And he says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. And he says, the brothers who are with Me, they greet you. And then he says in verse 22, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. What? There there are saints in Caesar's household? There, There are Christians? There are people who trust Jesus for their salvation? In Caesar's household? How is that possible? How is it possible that this little Jewish preacher, Roman citizen, Jewish preacher, who is in prison for a capital offense, something that may cost him his head very soon, somehow he's managed to influence members of Caesar's household? Somehow he's managed to convert and win to Christ? They are now saints? People in Caesar's household? There were saints in Caesar's household because one saint sat in prison, shackled to a Roman guard, awaiting the possibility of death, facing what should have been crushing discouragement. His body was bound, but Paul refused to let his spirit be bound. What could you do if you stopped giving in to your discouragement face your discouragement with confidence in God's presence again verse 18 what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice there it is I rejoice the joy that permeates the letter to the Philippians. It ended up, we call it the letter of joy. It's the joy not born out of a good day. Well, there's sunshine today. There's not a cloud in the sky and everything's going right. But there in prison in the darkness of his cell, Paul says, I rejoice. He says, I've been forgotten by my friends, but I rejoice. Some people are using me being locked up in prison so that they can get ahead and they're talking bad about me, but. I rejoice. I'm facing the possibility of execution, but I rejoice. How? Because Paul could see God's hand at work even in the most difficult of circumstances. I know you're discouraged. I know it's been difficult for us all. And I know that for many, for many, this is not how you anticipated spending your... Your golden years? I'm not saying anyone here is in their golden years, but you know what I'm saying. We didn't anticipate spending our golden years like this, and for some of us, we're, we're just wondering if we're going to get golden years, you know? What those years might be 10 instead of gold? <sighs> What's it going to take for you to rejoice? What's it going to take for you to praise God anyway? Turn your attention to the essentials. What is the essential of life that you can concentrate on? The Gospel is still being spread. How can I share Christ with others? How can I let them know His love when I encounter someone? Change what it means to flourish. Flourish wherever God has planted you. Whatever circumstances. God would not have led us to 2021 if He didn't mean for us to flourish in 2021. And determined to see the positives even when everything around seems negative. And always turn your eyes upon Jesus. We're going to sing that song here in just a minute. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I think it's a wonderful reminder to us when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful, His, His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Very often those things of earth, they just occupy our, our sight all the time. They are there on our TV screens. They are there on our little screens. They are everywhere. The things of earth. Wouldn't it be nice if we could turn them down? If we could see them grow strangely dim. That doesn't happen without replacing them with something. And the call is to replace them with Christ. And as we take communion today, it's a call once again to turn our eyes upon Him to to allow Him to fill our vision. Let me pray and then we'll sing and uh, we'll take together. Father, we love You. We thank You so much for Your your presence. And Lord, there are times when the things of earth, the things of life, the discouragements, the the things that occupy our news and end up occupying our thoughts and our fears, they edge You out. And they make You seem so small and so impotent at times. Father, we commit today to turning our eyes to Your Son. To seeing him and to changing our view on the world so that we might see christ and as we see him we might reflect him also and there'll be others that see him because they see him in us bless as we share this today bless as we share this bread that represents his body broken for us the cup that represents his blood shed for us turn our eyes upon jesus today it's in his name we pray amen